Shaq, you're the first guy I thought of when I heard this news the other day. Of course, I talked to you and Charles and Kenny later that afternoon, but <clears throat> then I saw that you had gotten a text from Kobe that morning, or Sharif had gotten one. What, um, how do you, how have you been over the last 48 hours, man? You know, it just makes me think that in, in life, sometimes instead of holding back certain things, we should just do. We, uh, we up here, we work a lot. And I think a lot of times we, we, we take stuff for granted. Like, I don't talk to you guys as much as I, much as I need to. The fact that uh, we're not going to be able to joke at his Hall of Fame ceremony. We're not going to be able to say, hi, I got five, you got four. The fact that we're not going to be able to say, if we would stay together, we could have got ten. Those are the things that you, you can't get back. And with the loss of my father, my sister, and my thing, that's the only thing I wish I could just say something to him again. Last time I talked to him was when we were here and I asked him to get 50 and he got 60. It's the last time I spoke to him. And I just wish I could have, you know, so it, it definitely changes me. I have to, because I work a lot. You, you, you guys know what I do. I, I, I work probably more than the average guy, but I just really have to now just take time and just call and say, I love you. Rick Fox call, finally called me and said, man, I love you. B. Shaw called me. So I'm going to try to do a better job of just reaching out and just talking to the people. Yeah, man, this episode going to be tough. Um, but I'm not going to drag it out. I'm not going to try to make it Saturday. Night. Like, this doesn't need any help. Um, and I usually try to, I, I struggle with, you know, jumping on the hot topics and jump, you know, jumping on, you know, what I talk about. But I just can't lie, man, as a father, as a, I mean, not, as a fan, as, as a human being, I want to talk about, you know, the death of Kobe and the, and the other seven. Kobe and his daughter and the other seven passengers. Um, and I also want to talk about what now. I want to talk about what now. You know, like, what happens after this? And does anything happen? Because life and death is, I mean, death is a part of life. Life and death is, they kind of go hand in hand. The moment you're born, even though we don't know the date, there is a day you'll die. So maybe it's business as usual. But I want to talk about it. It's going to be a different episode. You are listening to Live News Real. I ain't here to dance for you. I ain't here to do a two-step. Right. That's just a piece. That was just my end. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, right. but I'm here to party, too. I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. 
I don't believe that we can throw a dollar amount at the black community if nobody's mindset changes. Uh, everybody need to shut up. Let me. Maybe tell if you. you put please at the end, it may be a little better. I think if you put please after shut up, it takes away shut up. It's your boy Marco. Yo, it's the one and only Dre West, and you're listening to the realest show on air. And we live in the Christian lifestyle right here. Right now, you're listening to one of the realest, my bro, the one and only Meech. Mr. Respect Your Audience Himself. Right here on Live with Meech Real. Daddy, I like this. <laughs> took a break um i didn't release this show last week um and i'm just speaking for myself it was too soon um i'm learning to understand that just because something happens to everyone it doesn't happen to them the same way it doesn't affect them the same way and they won't process it the same way and in a time of mourning, you know, in the Bible, as in the Bible speaks about how we're supposed to mourn with those who mourn, and I believe that there that there are I don't want to say unlimited <laughs> because I do believe in limits of certain certain aspects, but there is many ways you can mourn with someone who is mourning. Now, let me give y'all a real clean um, example. Um, is that when people die, and this is, I'm talking about me, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to literally talk about me this entire show. I know that sounds weird to be doing a show, um, paying tribute to the lives lost on that horrific, um, January 26th, that Sunday morning, um, that helicopter crash that was, that also involved Kobe Bryant and his, uh, his daughter, Gigi, along with seven other passengers, Another family, you know, daughters, fathers, husbands, mothers. Then they turn around to say, but I'm only going to talk about myself. But I want to say that because there's a process and you, if you listen to this, you have to be aware that you will experience things that you have to process. Now, everybody don't have to process this specific event. And that's kind of my point. But some will. Some won't. And even in that aspect, there are a large, long range of responses and processes in the midst of mourning. But I want to give an example about, you know, about me. Um, sometimes I think it's tough that when people. When people die, um, when we put them on T-shirts um, and that's just something about me. Um, if you do it, that's fine. I mean, I've seen it done very dope. I've seen it done very ignorantly, uh, and everything in between. But also look at, when I look at the putting a face on a t-shirt culture, sometimes it seems like, man, what if we put in a little bit of the compassion before they had to be on a t-shirt, you know, and this doesn't, this literally doesn't go for everybody because every scenario is different, but Think about 
you know, a T-shirt of somebody dying of gun violence and the picture you put up is the picture of him holding guns or her holding guns. Or, you know, uh, I don't know. I just think it's tough, man. Um, and this is how I've been processing death. I think it's tough that somebody who you love, you honor them when they die by doing something that's destructive. You know, like getting high, drinking crazy, wilding out. Just um, And some people say, well, this is how I, you know, honor them. And, and, and I've actually had a conversation with people that I'm close to and said, but if this is nothing. This has nothing to do with their lifestyle. And this is something that they wouldn't want you to do and that they never promoted. So why would you do it? And, you know, some people was straight up with me because this is how, this is what makes me feel good. And I had a conversation with them saying, well, you do this every other day anyway. What makes today different? And that's the heart of this show, man. The heart of this tribute to, man, this horrific event, man, um, is I want to ask the question about change. Like, is it possible for something to happen so significant, whether it's connected directly to you or not, for you to still just change? Like, is change mandatory? See, y'all, I was going to release the show, but I mean, just on top of the fact that um, January 26th was also the birthday of my um of my my late cousin who was murdered two years prior. And when that news came by about another family losing a child, another family losing a parent, another family losing a brother, another another family losing somebody that can never be replaced, it put me in a weird place. <laughs> you know, to the point where I had to get off social media because the internet, um is looking for something to be funny, to make fun of something. They will find something. And um, the concept of time does not exist in the in the Twitter space or the Instagram space or the Facebook forum. Like there's there's no there's no um, actual time there. So everybody's moving in different time zones, different different maturity levels, different backgrounds. So something can be funny. Now, something could be funny in three weeks, but in the, twi in the, in the social media spaces, it has to be funny right now. And, um, don't get me wrong. Some people use humor. Um, I'm one of them. Not all the time. It depends, but I've been known to use humor, um, in highly stressful times and in, in, in really draining and strong times. I've also learned when it was healthy because I've used humor, humor, to fight or ignore pains that I needed to deal with. And I've used humor to acknowledge the pain, but not to allow myself to slip into a place of depression, which is it, which is a real thing. So I don't want to attack anybody. I also don't want to manipulate anybody. I don't want to make this sadder. So I decided to wait. I decided to wait give people time, give myself time um, to have a conversation that I'm going to speak hypothetically about something that actually happened. Um, because this is different, man. Um, but for me, like I said, um, I, death has, death is, death is, 
been different to me for a long time. Um, just because I got, I don't know, something happened where I started to look at death as forever. <laughs> you know, not not saying that, they, not, not, not ignoring the fact that there is somewhere to go after we die, but there's a huge disconnect from the living and the dead. And you remember things and some people have dreams and some people hold on to things that, but at the end of the day, there is a sever. You know, you are, there's a part that is severed. I mean, I actually heard somebody say that a piece of their soul had been ripped from them and that they'll never get it back. And I'm like, man, well, that's an extreme, you know, that's a tough display. But I mean, when it comes to death, I, I mean, imagine, don't imagine, but just the conversation of people losing family members is tragic. And I thought about that. Well, it was like, well, what if the person was older? And I'm like, okay, well, I've experienced the death of a 28 year old and a 65 year old. And, um, also experienced the death of a 90 year old and I'm going to just be hundred percent honest. They all felt, they all felt too soon. Like they all just felt like, nah, like we had, we should have had more time. But that's when I began to change, you know, um, when my cousin was murdered, I'm just going to be honest, gun lines and drug lines and threatening and posturing and music just began to hit different on a whole different level. Don't get me wrong. I began to hate it because I see what it does to the community. As cool as the guys talk about it, it is, it's nothing cool about the communities that it influences and that is directed at. But it, but it made it even worse when my cousin could be somebody's gun bar. Somebody could say, you know, they 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 hit they hit him with the forty or they hit him with this or they hit him, and they just left them leaking. And your mama wearing the black like those lines that man people like woo actually happened. Somebody hit him with a pistol. Somebody shot him. He bled. He died. His mother had to wear black. He slept in that coffin. Like, these are lines from songs that people, you know, bragged, bragging about murder. And being a person that actually had to experience the, the gun bar, the person that had to actually hear the mourning mother of a child gone far too soon, it, it makes you look at life different. And at least it did for me. So then when this happened, my initial reaction was to literally reject it. Man, he's a celebrity. Y'all tripping. Let me get off social media. I literally put this situation in a box. Like, this is social media. But as I sat at home, me and my wife talked about it, saw stuff on television. Remembered uh, one of my closest friends loves Co oh, the conversation we have about Kobe Bryant are legendary. So I called and check on him. And he's not in a good place. And then me being 
the masochist I am, I started looking for details. And as I look for details and I find out more of a developing story, what lasts with me is not, man, what a celebrity, you know, another celebrity passing or what an amazing talent lost to the world of basketball or to the world of media and uh, basketball-esque content production. But man, a, a mother is going to have to figure out how she's going to move on without her husband, who she's been doing this with from the beginning of their relationship. A mother is going to have to clean up a room that used to have four bodies. And now we only have three. A child will live in a home that once was filled with their parents will now be filled with grandparents and aunties and uncles and like these this is life changing events that are happening to people that I've never met that I've never known like I, that that you know um before that moment never mattered never existed to me and it changed me i i, I literally saw that okay I need to look at something differently. So I'm saying all this to say this, man. Listen, man. Um, I want to ask you the question, like, has some, has some, has anything ever happened in your life that you decided was worth change? For me, it's the death of my cousin, where I became more overt. But I had to be careful because in the beginning of me processing my overt distaste for a certain type of music, a certain type of content, a certain type of conversation, a certain type of image, I was all fire. <laughs> I was disrespectful. I was unable to conjure the heart of God in me to speak from the love of Christ, the forgiving of Christ, uh, you know, through the unction of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I literally could not speak from that place because I was so mad that someone had taken someone from me and taken someone from their mother and I had to get I had to I had to process through that I had to one forgive the murderer I had to forgive him which is wild to say which and I say it changed me because in the midst of all my hurt and my pain to the situation, what changed in me is that I had I had gained another level of understanding on on a fraction of what it means to be a Christian, because the fact that Christ, knowing he was going to be murdered, right, that, that this was a part of his, his his life, his purpose, as he was being walked to his slaughter. He was praying for the forgiveness and the covering of the murderers. And even the redemption. <laughs> those that betrayed and mocked. And I'm trying to understand how and where do you get that from? When someone has done something to you that you do not deserve. Right. So it bothered me, man. And it took me a long time. To piece and piece things together, to piece them together. 
it took me a long time to pray for them, to pray for the killer or killers. It took me a long time. But I'm thankful that I got there, you know, um, because it changed me. It matured me in understanding that one vengeance is not mine, which is a, usually an easy, easy, easy uh, response. <laughs> and understanding the baggage that vengeance gives you, that it that it awards you. So it was tough, man. But it but it changed me. And then this event that happened with um that involved Kobe Bryant and his daughter as well as seven other passengers. Um The part that it changed me that it reminded me, one, how how special an opportunity and gift it is to just be alive today. You know, because when you think about it, man, you know, people die from cancer, people die from gun violence, people die from, you know, ailments, people die of old age, people die from being aborted when they're, you know, growing inside their mothers. And you think about people die in car crashes. People have aneurysms. Like, and I'm not trying to be gory. That's why I, literally I'm trying to, I'm not, I'm like, it's tough to talk about this stuff and not take you somewhere. So I, I do, I, I, I do want to speak against the spirit of depression and that you can't suffer in silence in this stuff. You have to mourn when I, I literally had to talk to somebody about this stuff. Like I'm not okay. This affected me and I don't know how to process it. Right. I had to vocalize it. I had to pray about it. I had to talk to somebody. Um, and thankfully, in my case, I didn't I didn't have to seek any kind of um, therapy, but I did have to pray and meditate. I had to pray. I had to I had to really lean on like, Lord, um, I ain't feeling this, man. So. Everything happened, right? Um, people were mourning, you know, it was a huge, huge, huge outcry, you know, for the, pe the people. Like, man, this is this is tragic. It, it, it was literally tragic. But then a day or two goes by. And that space that lacks time, understanding, direction the social media space began to activate now here let me tell y'all this man let me say this there is there is a place this is there is a place that i believe that everyone has to find that when they're dealing with death that you should be more thankful that you don't have to understand death than feeling as if you need to understand death. That is a dark, dark, dark place to go to try to understand, try to make sense of why that casket is for a baby, why that casket is for a child, why that casket is for a, a random uh, person that just happened to be walking by. Why that casket is for that person that was robbed or like, like, like. Trying to understand it because this is what happens when you try to understand it, 
you put yourself in a position equal to God. And now God has owes you a report. And if God doesn't send a report that makes sense to you, you reject the information, which means you also will reject the messenger. It becomes harder and harder to understand why you need a God that a God when when God needs to make things plain for you to understand for him to be God in your life. It, it, it's, it's a it's a dark place. And I'm only telling y'all this from personal experience of me saying, God, you need to explain this to me, man. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. You need to explain this to me. And if you don't, if you can't explain this to me, then how can you be all knowing? How can you be God if you can't make this make sense to me? But then I had to learn. The reason why God is God and we are us is because there are levels and there is a grace in the level. I could not imagine the burden of a God that loves us so tenderly that he can count every hair on our head, that he sacrificed his son to give us life, to, to give us life and life more abundantly, to redeem us, to, to give us, to put the, I always say, I use the example all the time. I'm talking about a God that put the son close enough to nourish us, but far away, but far enough not to destroy us. A God that gave us a moon that's close enough to illuminate at, illuminate at night, but not too close to make it, to cause a flood. Listen, uh, the God that feeds that feeds the bird, the God that keeps photosynthesis from ha keeps photosynthesis happening. Listen, the God that is so intricate in the perpetuation and the sustaining of our lives also carries the burden of knowing and understanding tragic, malicious things that we cannot fathom and i think about it like oh well we need to understand no i thank god i don't have to understand so let me let god be god and and what does that mean well one god talks about the holy spirit and the holy spirit is the great comforter man understanding the role of god in yourself Listen, it's not my job to understand. It's God's burden to understand and to carry. But God also says, but I, but it's also my job to send you comfort under peace beyond your understanding and you resting in saying, okay, God, be God. I don't get it, man, but I'm going to rest in this because one, I don't want to be depressed. One, I got to keep living. Lord willing. And two, those that we've lost would would I could only imagine passing away in the people that I loved. The rest of their life was nothing because of me, that my life didn't inspire them to go harder or to be greater, to chase Christ, to be a better family person, to be better with their finances like that. My life literally impacted the people I love when I left only to the point that led to mass self-destruction. That would devastate me. So, understanding why God is, is because he's God. And that's the most oversimplification of, the, the, of, of what I'm saying. But I understand God is God because he's God. And I understand that I don't understand. I don't have to understand how for God to be God. I just have to understand that God is God and I'm not. And I rest in the fact that I don't have to be because if we had to be God, 
I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. But I'm saying all this because I'm, I can't ignore moments that literally take my breath away and then get back up and live my life like it never happened. I believe that when things happen, we should be learning and maturing and emotionally evolving. And I say emotionally evolving in the aspect of maybe there was a concept I had before this happened. But once I saw something that actually happened, because we live in a we live in a voyeuristic time where we see everything conceptually, we see everything hypothetically and we create beliefs and strengths and, you know, causes and movements off of conceptual things, uh, off of hypothetical rumor, what we saw, what we heard happen to people. And then when things really happen, it should change us. It should hit different. So I'm so I'm saying this because if you are dealing with life changing events, it's okay to change. You just have to be careful of where the change takes you. This is why allowing God to comfort you, allowing yourself not to create scapegoats, but to actually give yourself time to process and heal. Giving yourself time and giving those around you time as well, but not put their time based on yours. Now, this is challenging. And I'm saying this because I saw people making jokes about Kobe and the family and people in heaven uh, day two, day one. And it wasn't funny. It's still not funny to me. So it's, it was tough because I had to understand, OK, maybe they're processing it, but I'm like, dang, they posting it. So they're actually forcing us all to have to process things in the same time publicly as they're processing it. And I'm like, man, I just think that we should allow when life happens for us to try to for it to let us mature us. I believe that things happen and we have a great opportunity to grow and mature and, and gain more understanding. And I think we should chase after that. I'm not the same. Um, I'm ch forever changing and growing and maturing as new information is presented. And listen, looking at the tragic death of a family in the midst of doing something that they've done a hundred times changed me. I don't have enough time to tell my to be so mad at somebody that I'll talk to them later like I know I got that. <laughs> I don't have enough time to wait to be a father, to wait to to live my life. I don't have enough time to wait to repent, to wait to forgive, to wait to grow, the wait to wait to love, to wait to to say what I've wanted, I've been wanting to say to love someone that I've been wanting to love. And I'm talking about you have family that you say you love, but you don't see that you don't call. And that's why I used that video earlier of, Sha of Shaq talking about it. Like we be so busy because we swear we got time. And if this doesn't show you that you don't have time. Don't get me wrong. You have the time that's in front of you, but you don't know, but you don't have time. You don't hold time. You don't control time. And at best, you are in the midst of time flowing, which means you should not be waiting to do something that you should be doing. And when you get the opportunity to jog you a little loose, you should accept it. I'm just going to be honest. 
I can't be on social media the same way I was prior to, to the 26th. I'm just going to be honest. Maybe it's not that deep for you. No. Yeah, man, everything is funny. And I'm a pretty funny, jokey guy. Listen, I'm not making no jokes about Kobe and having bat playing basketball. With, I'm, I'm, it's nothing funny. And, and it also reminded me that I might have been making jokes of things that people, real people have to deal with, but because I only see it on social media, it doesn't matter that I'm not going to do anymore. I'm not partaking in making everything a joke just because it's not directly connected to me and I don't care. I think about it like, man, well, imagine your joke in the midst of somebody's death about their death. Oh, it's a good joke. Oh, he in heaven getting crossed over by Jesus. That's funny. Ha ha ha. Sweet. Imagine that, that. Because stuff like that does you seems to trend. Imagine it trends and gets all the way to the mother that lost her husband and daughter. I wonder if she laughing. Oh, that's so funny. He he would have loved that. Like, do we even consider? Shoot, two weeks prior to the death of Kobe, we was making fun of a rapper who was big time at one time and now I was driving Uber. It was funny to dog somebody for the position they're in. And then somebody I'm like, imagine if that was him the next day. But we make everything a joke. And I'm just going to be honest. I'm no longer willing to make everything a joke because everything ain't funny, no matter what the Internet tell me. Tell me it's funny. Like it's it's no way I'm going to consider that making a joke about something serious is funny, but I can make a joke about someone's sexuality and I can literally lose my job. But I can make a joke about somebody who's really dead, who will really never be back. Or I can make a joke really about slavery and people who are really raped, mutilated, separated from their family, sold, treated like crap. I can literally make jokes about it because the internet tells me to. Nah, I'm all right. I've changed. That I'm literally not going to sit in a room and compare, oh, you know, Kobe garbage, LeBron is, that I'm going to talk about people as if they're not people because we're on the internet. If And I've been guilty of this. That's why I say this whole show is about me. Me seeing that, okay, it's time to change. You've been looking at it like this, it's time to change. So in the midst of all that, I'm no longer going to allow the internet to tell me What's funny? That don't mean you can't have a sense of humor, but the Internet is no longer my filter of what I can joke on. I can't make a joke about someone's sexuality, but I can make a joke about a, a man who was ripped from his family's life through a tragic event, an accident. And I'm thinking it's time for us to make jokes about where he at because of his profession. Nah, I'm all right. He's a human. His family are dealing with a human death, not a celebrity death. They are. They've lost somebody who mattered to them more than. You know, I mean, truthfully, Kobe mattered to us because of his stats. He was he was nuts. He did not play games with his sport. He was dedicated in everything he did. That's why we love him. But imagine people that loved him, that knew him in a way that we could never even imagine. But we're making jokes about someone that they really know. And I'm just saying, this happens in so many different spectrums that I just, this event happened and I'm like... Seeing people make jokes and seeing all the memes. We got the memes quick. We got the making him with Nipsey. It, it, it just. I just asked the question, man. Like, are we? I wonder when we're going to be ready to change. I wonder what event has to happen for us to decide. Yeah, maybe I should change. 
because we don't got that much time. Imagine if Kobe would have said, okay, I'm going to wait to be a dedicated father till January 27th. I'm going to wait. Let me let me get it in. And, you know, you know, I retired. Let me get it in for a couple more months. Let me get it in, kind of, you know, ignoring my family. I, I got them. Let me just wait to be a father. I, I got time for that. Imagine him waiting. <sighs> but like I said, man, I'm really not trying to make anyone sad. I, but I do want to challenge you. When you listen to Live With Me True, I'm going to, ch- I want to challenge you because I'm constantly being challenged. I'm constantly challenging myself. We have to be careful how we allow this machine that has taken over every aspect of our life, not just on social media sites, but we have to be careful and be aware that there we are being literally told and 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 um built to think in a certain way and it's not by the motivation of God. So we gotta be careful. But listen, man, let me like I said, man, um we're doing things different on this episode. So let me um Try my best to at least put some air in the middle. Um, play a song by my homeboy Church B, um, and we'll be back with closing the show, man. So check check this track out by my homeboy um, Church B. It's uh, called "Walk with Me" from his uh, first project, Journey. Just walk with me in the intro. <laughs> Broken man, I see his open hands. You view the things I fall, I see what safely lands. Oh, I never said you would always hide away. I told you, prepare for all, prepare for it all. And I never said you would love every step. But in the end, you'll feel the air and love every breath Cause the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike Just alike Cause the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike Beautiful Just alike Mama's only son, for my pops, I was number two And from the jump, the enemy tried to end my life I was born with my umbilical cord around my windpipes Cause he knew what I was here to do And I ain't even have a clue Knew nothing about no blood wash Knew nothing about no king of Jews But still I'm covered, sold on my soul No red bottoms, walking in Christ Called that jaywalking, no high price pair of shoes Journey, this the way I'ma paint it for you The way I saw it, I was on this planet just to be a star Spiritually blind, couldn't tell that my vision was off But I was too nearsighted, couldn't see the plans of God Through a conversation, heard I was using my gift wrong I prayed to God for confirmation, then the stew gets robbed 
And at this time I tried to leave music behind But my dudes would hit me with lines like Chill, everybody gets robbed Clearly blind to the sign that was sent down by God So I disappeared and tried to clean myself off Needless to say I just couldn't keep them stains off My grandmother would say you know you need the hands of God I hear him calling but I keep ignoring the call Who would have known that night I prayed I was just returning his cause Wow Trying to build a new foundation But without no salvation What I built would soon fall apart Walk with me That was the homie uh, Church B From Philly um, From his album Journey uh, it's, on, it's, it's streaming everywhere um, But that's his uh, song Walk Walk with me His intro um, it's, one of, it's one of my favorite artists But I wanted to tell y'all this man That I challenge you To Take a step back From how you've done things And begin to kind of evaluate them Evaluate them through the through the through the eyes, man, if you could evaluate through the eyes of Christ, you know, and, and through the word, which we should be trying to do, that's dope. But I'm saying even, let me take it, before you even get there, if you can begin, and this is kind of how Christ even looked, has God humbled himself and put himself in a human body, that, that showed me that that's a great example and display of God literally putting himself in a position to look through the eyes of someone Affected So I just ask man That we look at things Sometimes Before we act Before we do something That isn't overtly evil But could be insensitive Or could just be It's not the time for it You know what I'm saying Like To try to look through the eyes Of the affected Some of us still have Great grandparents Maybe that's still alive who may have known their parents that have experienced slavery on some form, right? I don't think they think it's funny about making jokes about slavery. I don't think, you know, especially if they experienced it on some level, that they would think it's funny for us to consider jobs that don't pay us a lot of money but pay us. Some offer health insurance and vacation days and has a process of termination. Uh, you can also quit. That lets you go home after a certain amount of hours, and every hour they keep you, they pay you. Comparing it to slavery I think That the way we talk and the way we've done Things in the past Is okay for us to accept that we've Done them in the past but to allow Some moments that, that literally This is what's crazy There have been so many moments That have literally grasped The entire world And took their breath But 20 minutes later Two days later we're back Arguing about red hats, hating people for the color of their skin, hating people, <laughs> not forgiving people, like going right back to business as usual. Um, and I made a post um, later, you know, later down, I mean, back in a while back where I said, man, life goes on. That's a fact. Um, and even when you're dealing with death and mourning, sometimes I know when my cousin died, um, I had a lot going on. I was working two jobs. I had just got a brand new job. Um, it was so much stuff going on. We was in the 
we was in the midst of having to move, trying to find a house, trying to repair our credit to even be able to move to get some. <laughs> like it was so much going on. And I would have moments where I would even feel guilt. Like I'm acting like my cousin isn't dead. Right? Like I literally am moving on. And this is what's tough about it. Life will not stop because someone you love is no longer here. Life continues to go on. And it's tough to deal with. But in the midst of life going on, I will not, shall not, allow not, <laughs> I won't any longer pretend that it's business as usual because it's not. The world will be forever changed because of the people that we have loved, that we have done life with that are no longer here. That doesn't mean be depressed and walk around sad, but it, it, it should at the very least give you a vigor to look at life through a different scope because the world has changed. When I lost my cousin, the universe changed. And I'm talking from a cousin. We were really, really close. We grew up as brothers. I can't even imagine the sisters and the mom. So then I think about Kobe. I think about the other family. I'm thinking about the daughter who lost a mother and a father and a sister. I'm thinking about the sisters that lost a father and a sister and a friend and a coach and a mentor and a brother. Like I'm thinking about the people that have lost somebody. The world is continuing to go on, but it will never be business as usual. And, and, and I'm saying that because this is a reality that we have to fight through and we have to accept there was a time that when I had something going on that was really frustrating I called my cuz hey my man and in the first couple months of him passing I tapped in tried to call him I ain't gonna lie if he would have answered it would have freaked me out <laughs> but I kept calling hoping that he would I haven't deleted his number same thing with my father-in-law haven't deleted his number I've been watching a lot of highlights about Kobe. Instagram posts and look at like, because I, you know, it's sad, right? But I'm also trying to learn. I'm, I've been just still looking for the lesson. Like, what else can I glean from a life that even though it's no longer here, it's still a lot of information here. What can I learn? How can I be better? What can I change? Okay, mama mentality. Okay, well, sweet. I don't hoop. I ain't even in that position. Sweet. Okay, so what Okay, what else did he have? Wait a minute. That's a character. Let me look at this. Let me look at that. Let me think about why I called my father-in-law. What, what was it about my father-in-law that, that made him special? And even though this world will never have something like him, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. But am I this for somebody else? Does somebody say, man, if I really need it, I got to call Meech? Or if I talk to Meech, I know he gonna tell me that he gonna he gonna be like, all right, bro, look what what the words say. Like I, like <laughs> I've really been just thinking about the process of okay, this happened. It sucks. Nothing will ever be the same. Life going on, but business is not as you. But it's not business as usual. How do I grow? Because it's a smack in the face to someone who has lost their life to for someone who has still has life to stop living. 
And no one who loves you wants that for you. No one who loves you wants you to stop living when they go. So I challenge you, man, to one, be encouraged. Death is a part of life. So with the 41 years, Kobe, for the 13 years, oh, man, like I'm, I can't do that about the ages. You don't know how much time you got, but you got time right. To, you got time today, right? You're alive right now. What are you doing with your 24 hours? Are you treating your 24 hours like God? Oh, you 24 more? Like God, oh God, 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 he going to give me some more. <laughs> so I pray this helps, man. I'm going to end this with something I've been saying since this happened. I've been saying this with my sons, one of the little things I do. When I take them to school or when I'm at home and we just kicking it, I, I, I say that, you know, when I pray, I say, Lord God, thank you. I give you all the honor, the glory, and praise. I thank you for the miracle of life. The one miracle that continues to revolve around us every single moment of the day, from the moment of organisms, the moment of atoms, to the moment, to the, to you know, the, the, the moment of life in animals and humans that everywhere I go, I'm talking about, even when I was in the hospital, I remember hearing that they used to play a nursery song over the PA when a baby was born and I was in a war because I was sick and it was like somebody died one day I was there but I kept hearing nursery song I kept thinking about that like man first of all it was awesome because I thought I was gonna die I was super um down and that and, and that kind of ringed in the back of my my mind like wait a minute but if if, if life is still happening maybe God is still being God so when I pray to my sons, I always I say we say this, I say this thing where I'm like, thank you, Lord God, for the miracles that continually happen around me that even though they happen so much, they're not even considered miracles to me anymore because that's how amazing you are, God. So I thank you, Father God, for another 24 if you see fit. But I thank you for the 24 you gave me and I gave it all I had. So I thank you, Lord God. And if you see fit to to give me another miracle for tomorrow in the morning. I'm going to be. I'm going to do. And then I, you know, ask my boys, what you going to do with the with that miracle in the morning? Listen to my teachers. Follow directions. I say, man, I'm going to get up and go work out. I'm going to fight the urge to want to get some Taco Bell. I'm going to fight and I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to fight the urge to drink some pop and I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to fight the urge to make a joke about something that's serious, but also engage someone and not use my humor to be a max for me to actually have a real conversation and be vulnerable sometimes. I'm going to use that 24 to be a better husband, to be a better believer. I'm going to use that 24 to pray more than I pray yesterday. I'm going to be, I'm going to use that miracle 24. I'm going to use that miracle and Forgive somebody. I'm going to use that miracle and call somebody. I'm going to use that miracle and pop up. I'm going to use that miracle and hit somebody cash up. I'm going to use that miracle and subscribe to somebody's podcast. I'm joking, kind of. I'm going to use that miracle to not behave like business as usual because life is so precious. I'm going to move differently because I would hate to be one day too late from from being from even chasing after living in purpose to even loving someone who God told me to love and forgive to even calling and going, seeing somebody. Listen, my grandmother, my great grandmother held my hand and said, you better not take six months to come see me again. I said, yes, ma'am, I won't. She died three months later and I hadn't seen her since that day. 
because I was so busy. Oh, I was so, oh, I was so busy. <laughs> God gave me a whole 24 and I was so busy in the eight hours or 12 hours or the 14 hours I worked and the eight hours I slept and the four hours I did the other garbage that God wasn't approving of. Like I, I had, I was so busy that I pretended that business was as usual when I was literally sitting in front of someone who was dying, but I was busy and I had time. She ain't going to die tomorrow. So I'm, I, I, I pray this helps, man. So listen, thank God for the miracle of that 24. Thank God for the miracle of that 24. And it, listen, that was not planned, and that's kind of dope how that works because twenty his that was his number, and but I'm 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 not that's dope. I'm gonna use that. That's a new title. Sweet. The miracle twenty four, and I'm not talking about Kobe's number. I'm talking about the twenty four hours that if God allows you to have, it's okay to change, grow, mature, and be different. Just because you've changed your mindset doesn't mean everyone else around you has to understand. And you got to respect that. But it doesn't mean you stay the same because everybody else needs you to. I am different and I am going to continue to change as long as I, God gives me and grants me that miracle 24. And I challenge you to even co- at least consider, is there something in your 24 you shouldn't be doing or the t- something that you should be doing more of? That could be popping up at people's houses, going to see family. Listen, forget this text message crap. You want let, let's let the let's let the new text message be I'm popping up at your crib and I'm knocking on your door. And then I'm writing a sticky note. If you ain't here, oh man, I missed you. I'll be back. <laughs> I have never regretted investing in time and spending with people. And I know the difference of when I had relationship with people when they passed away. That I had a peace and I and I remember the guilt of the people I pretended that God was going to give me 24 more, 24 more or I had more time. I remember the guilt of ignoring the fact that that 24 wasn't promised and losing people that I should have that I had access to. I had access to, but I had time. So I ignored that miracle. I really pray this helps. Y'all be listening to Live With Me Trio. Play Air Media.